good Tuesday morning and welcome to The Daily Buzz. I'm your host, Palak J. Swell. As the ski season begins to come to an end this year, water managers in Utah are worried about the amount of snow currently blanketing Utah's peaks. Worried because the snowpack is down again this year. Leah Larson reports that statewide, Utah has reached about 88% of its normal snowpack this season, meaning water in the drought-stricken state is likely to be tight again this year. And because the state has been suffering drought for a while now, Utah's water supply has already been running at a deficit. Learn more about the forecast for this year's snowmelt at sltrib.com. Next, State Watch Managing Editor Grant Burningham speaks with sports reporter Julie Jag about her interview with the coach of two transgender girls who compete in sports in Utah. With us to talk about the transgender sports bill ban is Julie Jag, a sports reporter for the Tribune. Thanks for talking to us today, Julie. Thanks for having me here. It's an important issue, I feel like. Julie, you talked to the coach of two transgender girls who compete in the state. Can you tell us a little bit about who these girls are and what the sports are that they compete in? Sure, yeah. Uh, I can't say you know a whole lot about who they are. Just I believe they've already started to receive some threats, which is pretty sad. But um, they're two young women. They are both swimmers, and um, that's how this coach is associated with them. She coaches um, high school in a in club teams, and so one is on one, and one's on the other one. And so the difference between the two, the club team would not be covered by the bill the legislature passed on Friday, correct? Yes, that is correct. So the bill that the legislator passed is only for people competing in school sports. And that I believe includes private and public school. So any athlete that's going to be competing against a public school or with a public school team in Utah will um, have to abide by these rules. So Governor Cox, when he initially vetoed this bill so that there was 75,000 athletes in the state, and there are, were four transgender athletes and only one transgender girl competing with her school. Talking to the coach, do you have any idea what that feels like for that girl? Yeah. So st- studies have shown that sports help students kind of assimilate into school, find, often find their you know niche and, and help them keep up their grades because then they want to be able to compete and all those things. And that applies to this girl. This girl found her you know, really found her crew with these other swimmers on the team who've come to accept her. And in fact, she was earlier, earlier this season, this is her first um, high school swim season, I believe, uh, was earlier this season told by the UHSAA that she couldn't compete because she hadn't been undergoing hormone treatment long enough. She'd been undergoing hormone treatment for nine months and she needs to do it for a year according to the UHSAA rules. So she was told that she had to cease competing on the girls' team. She was welcome to compete on the boys' team, but she also could not use the girls' locker room, uh, had to use the men's locker room. And these are things I don't think she was comfortable with. So she was she was planning on quitting the team, and her teammates actually rallied around her and said, no, you know, this is important. You need to stay swimming. This is what you love. And so they uh, encouraged her to to come back next year, although that will be much harder now. This debate gets a lot of talk about performance. In fact, that was the reason the bill passed was they want to protect girls from having to compete against people who they feel like couldn't they couldn't win against. What do we know about 
how this girl does when she she does compete you know i don't know what her results have been i know that that the coach said that neither girl is blowing anyone out of the water that uh, both the girls that she has are trans girls are basically just swimmers right that they're not setting records they're not winning by 10 seconds in the pool with their races yeah i don't know i can't speculate on whether they're really good swimmers or not but basically they're just swimmers they're not they're not dominating for sure we've run articles at the tribune about families with transgender children who are actually leaving the state of utah because they feel like they don't get support here do we have any idea how this girl and her family feel um, do they feel like they're being treated well by their community overall? Well, I know that they feel they found their place within that swim community, but that they've gotten a lot of support there. I don't know, you know, how they feel overall. I believe that uh, they're planning on fighting this, or at least one of them is. Um, I did talk to another swimmer for a totally different team who said that uh, she believed that some of her teammates that were that were trans or gender non-conforming quit the swim team at her school, and that was even before this went into effect. I think that just kind of depends on the atmosphere and, and who they're competing with and competing against. Julie, I've got one last question for you. This seems a little strange to be putting this much attention on one teenage girl. I'm wondering if you felt that when you were doing the reporting. I definitely did. I I can't imagine. She just must be stronger beyond what anybody I can imagine, a, a superhero possibly, because to, to know that you're that one person and that all these people are wanting to talk to you, whether it's for with the best intentions or not, and that all of this focus is on you. And obviously she represents a bigger group in general, but that's a big burden to bear. And especially as a teenager, I don't think it's something I could have done. So I really applaud her for, um, for being that person. But I also, it, it's very, it feels strange to have a whole bill built around one, what one single person is doing. Next, reporter Jessica Miller discusses her recent reporting about teen treatment centers and the latest episode of the Tribune's podcast called Sent Away. Today, we release episode five of our podcast. Our reporting team will tell you the story about how one facility called Havenwood Academy got onto the state's radar for a bizarre form of therapy. They had been putting girls in horse troughs as a form of therapeutic discipline. But our reporting shows the state handled all of this discreetly. No one in the public really knew about the horse troughs as therapeutic discipline until last year. That's when our team got every record we could documenting when things went wrong in teen treatment centers. And this story was within that pile of documents. We published all those records online in a database. So now parents can go see what's going on in a facility when deciding where to send their kid. And just recently, state officials confirmed to us they'll start publishing that information on their website. It's a new level of transparency we haven't seen before. Thanks, Jessica. You can check out the Sent Away podcast on your favorite app and read her reporting at sltrib.com. And in COVID news, on Monday, Utah health officials announced it was shutting down some COVID-19 testing locations, while other state test sites will return over to private companies. The Tribune Scott Pierce reports the move comes as the state transitions to a more long-term, sustainable response to the pandemic. The health department reported 255 new cases over the weekend, and average number of cases in the state this month is 165. The total COVID-19 death toll in the state is 4,706. 
That's all for the Daily Buzz, but I'll be your host for the rest of the week. Huge thank you to the Tribune Sage Miller for editing the Daily Buzz today. And a special shout out to the band The Pelicants from right here in Salt Lake City for our music. 